The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden. Here's few days after that game six loss at home great home crowd great effort great effort from the Hawks the last since the series came back to Atlanta the Hawks look like a completely different team not completely different but they played with a different energy about them they played a lot better ball than they did in the first two games and it, it, it led them to win game three at home. And I do apologize. It's been a while since I've been on. I've been traveling for work, have not been able to record and get an episode out to you guys. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to close the book on this season and start to look towards the offseason, which there's a lot of uncertainty this offseason. There's a lot of different directions that this could go and. As we continue to close things out here at Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks, we're going to get some people on the program to give their thoughts and their angles on what direction will this thing go, should it go in Atlanta. There's a lot of questions, a lot of questions that Trey Young has been fielding about his future on the team, even though they have guaranteed him that, hey, we're not going to trade you. Reports say otherwise, and... A lot of people will not like what I'm about to say, but you'd be a fool not to explore every option because here's where you are as the Atlanta Hawks. And we're going to get back to the closing of that series and talk about some other narratives. But Hawks fans, if you're overly sensitive to hearing about Trey Young rumors and just dispelling them and then attacking those who even talk about them, this is not the episode for you. So you can go ahead and turn that off now. I'm not here to appease feelings. I'm here to tell the truth and be unbiased and be impartial. Obviously, I'm covering this Atlanta Hawks team. I want to see them succeed. But when you're running a franchise, you have to look at every possible angle to see, hey, is this the best that we can get out this team? You already fired Naaman Millen. Yes, you have a new coach. Yes, he has to implement his system and his guys and Multiple reports said that he's going to clean house as far as with the coaching staff and get his guys in. He already brought in um, Mike Bray over from Notre Dame, who has been there for a long time. And now Quinn Snyder has brought him on the staff. And so Quinn Snyder is going to fill out the staff with his guys. He has a lot of power over personnel decisions. He's going to have a lot of say as far as who he thinks should be on his team, who he thinks shouldn't be on his team. We saw how much he liked Jalen Johnson down the stretch, continuing the trend of getting a Kongwu at least 20 minutes a game and interchanging the center minutes with him and Capella. We saw them run more motion offense and try to make that work. We saw the adjustments on the fly, which he made adjustments in that playoff series versus Boston that helped them kind of, it was partially that I say that 
their ability to push it to uh, six games came down to three things. One, the Hawks just playing better. Just playing better basketball. Two, the slight adjustments that Quinn Snyder made. But three, and this is not to take away from the first two for the Atlanta Hawks, it was the product of Missoula being a first-time head coach in the NBA and maybe struggling with closing out and making adjustments and whatnot. Now they're in the second round, and now they have to go against a Philadelphia 76ers team that I have as a dark horse to make it out of the Eastern Conference with the Milwaukee Bucks gone. And as I'm recording this right now, the game is on right now between the uh, Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers who do not have Joel Embiid game one. So Boston should win that game, um, should win the game tonight. But with that being said, he's going up against a, a, a coach who's won cha- a championship in Doc Rivers and has a lot more playoff experience. He has a lot of talent and a lot of um, cohesiveness on that Boston Celtics team, a team that he was on staff with and made it to the NBA Finals last year. But he, I expect some bumps in the road. And we saw some of those in this playoff series with the Celtics, who were clearly the better team, struggling to put this Atlanta Hawks team away. So those are the three reasons, main reasons why the Hawks were able to push it to six games. And in that Hawks playing better, Trey Young played out of his mind. You got to give credit where credit is due. And you guys know, I will criticize Trey Young when he needs to be criticized, when he needs to play better. And he did play better. He played well enough for his team to go from being down 3-1. Sorry, well, we're going to say being down 2-0, win game three, be down 3-1, win game five on the road in Boston, a place that the Hawks have not had a lot of success over the last several years. And to put themselves in a put themselves in a position to potentially win at home game six and push to game seven, which no one expected. Yes, the two seven series on the Western Conference side of things went in favor of the seven seed. And a lot more people, including myself, thought it could go that way. Not on this side of things. So certainly you got to tip your cap to how well they played. Trey Young played. The uh, little adjustments that Snyder made. And on top of that, you know, you got to point to the fact that you do have someone newer on the other sideline as far as head coaching experience in the NBA. But like I said, none of that is going to take away from how well they closed the series. And yes, it is more of a moral victory. For now, when you strip that away, when you st- take away the optics and the feel good and wow, they were this close and all that. You lost for the second straight year in the first round after adding DeJounte Murray to this roster. You have a lot of questions this offseason about which direction you're going to go. These were conversations that Travis Schlenk tried to have as far as who is best fit leading this team. DeJounte Murray or Trey Young. Can you win? Can you are is can you sustainably win games with Trey Young as your leader? We've seen that he's a outside of the Eastern Conference Finals year. 
He is around a 500 player leading a team. That is a fact. That is a fact. You can look at the, the stats and the stats will back it up because a lot of you guys are numbers driven. I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm not on the, on the boat saying that he's an overrated player. I'm not saying any of that at all. But you have to be purely objective and think you have the same core of players for the last four years or so. You've had two head coaches to try to change things. Quinn Snyder hadn't had an opportunity to implement everything, but you were still around a 500 team, sub 500 team under him. And next year, we'll see what direction this team goes when you have the full staff and the training camp to implement things and whatnot. And maybe we see the offense that we saw once Quinn Snyder took over. It was virtually the same offense, but a little bit of tweaks here and there. Not anything crazy, but the offensive numbers definitely rose a little bit. Will they continue that offensive fluidity? After a training camp and a preseason and, a, and the start the NBA season next year, will we see that from the Atlanta Hawks? One thing that remains is the Hawks have to be better on defense. That is the reason why they can't close out games and they let teams on runs and they just can't get stops in crucial moments when they need it consistently. So there are, there are questions that this front office have to answer and it's going to come with the evaluation of this roster, the evaluation of this year, and think who has to stay, who needs to go, or who do we need to field offers for? Because if you're the Atlanta Hawks, you should not leave anything off the table at this point because there's a lot of decisions you have to make. John Collins standing on his team. I think his time is done in Atlanta. I've been saying that for about two seasons now. And the Hawks have yet to make a move because his value is not where this team thinks it should be. And it's just a product of how he's played and how he's been utilized here in Atlanta. They can't blame nobody but themselves on that. And you can talk to me in private and public. I will say that to my dying breath that it's the Hawks fault for the value or the lack thereof for John Collins. A lot of people have been pushing for a Kongu. He's up for an extension this summer. That's a decision this team has to make. I've seen there's a lot of teams interested in Okongu services. I'm not saying trade on Yekka. I would rather keep on Yekka. So I'm going to go on record. I want to keep on Yekka. That's me. Now, what happens is not on me. But certainly, I am of the proponent that Clint Capella is a serviceable NBA center, and he has a huge impact on his team, especially with rebounding the ball. We saw his impact time and time again, especially in that playing game versus the Miami Heat. He was crucial. Without his rebounding, I don't think the Hawks win, despite how well they um, defended the Miami Heat. But he's 29 years old. He's not getting any younger, and that's a hefty contract for him hefty contract for him if i if i double check i think he is owed just north of 20 million next year and a lot of people would probably say he is not worth 20 million dollars that's not a slight at him 
He is just not worth $20 million at his age right now. But certainly he still is a very impactful player. So that's a decision that if you're the Atlanta Hawks, you have to make this offseason. If you keep John Collins next year, he's owed $25 million next year. He ain't worth $25 million on his team with how we are utilizing him. So if I'm the Hawks, that's priority number one. You have to trade John Collins next year. Because if you can get off John Collins to get some pieces, maybe a draft pick and some role players, and you move a Kongu to the four and you keep Capella, that automatically improves your defense right there. Not to say that John Collins is a bad defensive player. I think he actually is a solid defensive player. And if I'm the Atlanta Hawks, even though this team is not going to have a ton to offer, potentially not a lot to offer, and even if they want Clint Capella, I can see the Phoenix Suns trying to creep back into the the group chat and asking around about John Collins and Clint Capella. They were this close to trading for John Collins before the KD trade. And I think John Collins would fit very well in Phoenix with what they got going on. Um, Someone who can stretch the floor, someone who can be kind of like how Aaron Gordon is for the Denver Nuggets. Um, Ironically, both Aaron Gordon and John Collins played in the Southeast division in the NBA and moving them both West and ironically, though there are two teams playing right now, the Suns could benefit from John Collins. So I'd be curious to see if the Suns reapproach the Hawks this offseason. Now, what do they have they offer? That is to, to be determined. DeAndre Hunter, who in my opinion had his best year of his career, he was just the healthiest he was, but there's still some flaws in his game. Still a really good defensive player. I like when we get him in the mid-range and attacking and driving to the hoop and then catch and shoot occasionally. Like, I like, and I'm not comparing him to this player as far as skill set, but if we can get out of Hunter what the Warriors get from Andrew Wiggins, it warrants keeping him on your team. You already paid him. He's out $20 million next year. Is he worth it? Some people, yes. Some people, no. But I don't think DeAndre Hunter is going anywhere, and I think he'll be on the roster next year. Bogey is owed $18.7 million. I thought he'd be traded at the trade deadline. He's still on his team, and this is the healthiest he's been, and he's provided a lot of value and a lot of spark off that bench. Um, He's their sharpshooter. He's their scorer. And to have firepower with him and then another player who we're going to talk about here in a bit could be – depending on what other moves are made and him and this other player could be a really solid um, bench for years to come. Sadiq Bey surprised me. I certainly did not think he was going to be as impactful as he was for this Hawks team. And in some spells, he was playing over John Collins. Now, if you move on from John Collins, maybe it gives you a little bit in the pot to pay Sadiq Bey and try to retain DeJounte Murray, at least offer DeJounte Murray, uh, because obviously not this summer, but next summer he will hit free agency. And this is going to be a 
how is this going to work out year with Snyder full time now with his staff and another year and alongside of Trey Young or without Trey Young. I don't know the direction of this team right now, but Sadiq Bey begs questions. Like I said, you got to give Okongu an extension. Sadiq Bey is up for a rookie extension as well. You still have A.J. Griffin, who did not get as much clock when Quinn Snyder came aboard, and not a lot of people complained about that, ironically. Um, You complained about um, Naaman Millen, but I digress. But certainly you have A.J. Griffin still on the roster. Jalen Johnson continued to show his impact, and certainly I would love to see a full off season where you're healthy and you have your coach that's going to be here and what they implement and working with the staff this summer of where can Jalen Johnson be next year? Because I'll be real with you. If Jalen Johnson can be any better than he was this year and he he had a pretty solid year. It, and it, and, and I will say this, if he outperforms, DeAndre Hunter next season, watch out. That's all I'm going to say. Just watch out. DeAndre Hunter may be on the move the next offseason, especially if you're looking to keep DeJounte Murray and the money isn't there and you can get him off your books. But like I said, I'm just throwing out hypotheticals right now, throwing out, you know, what could come. I don't know. But. Certainly, like I said, the Hawks have some some questions this offseason. And the big things is, will John Collins be traded? What will happen with Trey Young? Can you, are you going to extend Onyeka Kongu and Sadiq Bey? And what are the offers out there? What are the offers out there? I'm going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, there's been rumors already about Trey Young. You've heard them. Some of them are true. Some of them are not. I've already talked about it ad nauseum on this program. This is going to be the tough part of the conversation for some Hawks fans. And I'm going to talk about if Trey Young would be traded, who would he be traded to? There's articles out there. There's conversations going on. But certainly you have to, you have to weigh all options out at this point. You've been you've been around 500 the last two years. You didn't make it out the first round the last two years. It's still the same core as far as players are concerned. So there's changes that need to be made or things just things that need to be evaluated. That's the best way to put it. Not saying that they need to trade Trey Young, but certainly things need to be evaluated as far as where the roster is at. So that's what Quinn Snyder and them going to do this offseason. And I'm going to talk a little bit about those rumors. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, 
and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list, I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues, beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Again, the Hawks fought hard, hard, especially the last four games of this series who tried to make it um, a seven-game series. And who knows in game seven? You won a game in Boston. You're developing confidence. Your best player in Trey Young playing out of his mind. And the Hawks had a three-point lead with five minutes left to go. In the fourth quarter, but the defending Easter Conference champions just did what they do. And you had the duo of Jalen Brown and Tatum combined for about 62 points. And they were able to hold off Trey Young. DeAndre Hunter had a really good game. You know, John Collins had 16 points. Uh, But when you get your star forwards combining for 62 points and then Trey Young had 30, and then DeJounte Murray just couldn't, couldn't, you know, give you enough in that game six. And he was out game five, obviously, due to the suspension for bumping the referee, which a lot of people were scratching their heads about. Um, They're using that as an opportunity, and I've seen some articles to downplay DeJounte Murray's impact, but let's be real. First two games of the series, DeJounte Murray was the best player in this Hawks team. He was playing way better than Trey Young. Way better than Trey Young. DeJounte Murray had a really good game three. But the problem still remains is that DeJounte Murray and Trey Young still have to work on playing together. Especially if you're going to keep them next season. They have to work on this. And the inconsistencies there are why you were 500 as a team this year. I mean, and there were other extracurricular things in the locker room, which I will tell you this now. A lot of the reports about Trey Young in the locker room are true. A lot of people think I'm just trying to cause dissension, but a lot of that stuff is true. It's true. But here's the thing. As long as he's on his team, he has an opportunity to be a better teammate. And if I'm Trey Young, that's what I would focus on this offseason, being an even better teammate. If you're DeJounte Murray, you're working with him on that. You're trying to see eye to eye to say, hey, how can we make this work? This is our this is potentially our last opportunity, our last dance to make this work. And if I'm DeJounte Murray, I I know I want my money, but 
I don't want to be known as a player that moves around from team to team either. You have your your coach who the franchise is basically campaigning behind the scenes to say, hey, things are so much better now that Quinn Snyder is here. I don't think that's necessarily true, but the future, the future is the future. You can mold it how you want. But this offseason is crucial. We talked about what the Hawks have to do in the front office. I'm talking about DeJounte Murray and Trey Young because those are your two best players. They will probably be here next year. Like I said, now I, I know I hear the rumors about the Lakers and you know other teams that may be potentially interested in Trey Young services, pairing him with Luka Doncic. Um, I've heard that. I mean, if I'm gonna be real, if and I've said this off this program, but if Trey Young were to be moved, I think it'd be to the Los Angeles Clippers, and I think that it'll be a Paul George Trey Young swap if that were to happen. I know there's been in the last couple of years saying oh Oklahoma City would be interested in bringing him back home um, being from Norman which is a suburb of Oklahoma City and he would certainly fill out that arena for the Thunder but the Thunder got a lot of good things going on and I don't know if they make that move now so I think that if Trey Young were to be moved a Trey Young Paul George swap would probably be the best case scenario for both parties for both parties but, like I said, I'm going to operate as, you know what, the organization, I don't think the organization is going to willingly trade Trey Young. And I think there's validity to some of these reports that if Trey Young were traded, it would be because he requested a trade. That would be the reason why Trey Young is traded, not because the Hawks want to get rid of him or whatever other reason you're going to fabricate as far as to not Put the onus on Trey Young, which you guys have repeatedly given ex excuse after excuse as far as why he isn't this, why he isn't that. You continue to give him his excuses and grace. But at the end of the day, he could very well demand a trade. I'm not saying that off of speculation. I'm just saying you can't rule out any possibility at this point because of being 500 and losing in the first round the last two years. There's a lot of uncertainty in the direction of this Atlanta Hawks franchise. And if you're Trey Young with your young front office and, you know, Tony Ressler and a new coach, are, can you make it work with Quinn Snyder, who holds players accountable and runs more of a system? And can you fit into the system that Quinn Snyder wants to run? There's a lot of questions. And if Trey Young doesn't necessarily like that, he is more than happy to request a trade. And then that's when the Hawks field offers. But like I said, just unwarranted shopping of Trey Young, I don't think is going to happen. Um, that's my opinion based on me conferring with some sources and hearing, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. But again, this summer, Quinn Snyder's going to be doing some building. The Hawks front office is going to do some evaluation, some soul searching to see what does this roster need to look like according to what Quinn Snyder wants. And if you're Trey Young, you have to decide with the rumors and the perceived disrespect as far as your peers voting you the most overrated player 
and you continue to have headlines come out about you that reportedly come from, you know, sources that now you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to let the narratives continue to bother you? Or are you going to let these narratives propel you forward so that next year can be a prove them wrong year? I didn't see that hunger from Trey Young this year. I didn't see it. We saw a glimpse of it in the playoffs, but I didn't see that starving Trey Young, that dog Trey Young that we saw in that Eastern Conference Finals run. We didn't see it this year. And numbers aside, when you're looking at the games, when you're looking at his play, that is a fact. I didn't see that from Trey Young this year. You got to get that back. He had a lot going on last, uh, last offseason, becoming a father and whatnot. Uh, the trade for DeJounte Murray, the excitement and the expectations. But did the work follow? Did the sacrifice follow? Did that hunger fuel you? Or did you blame that on Naaman Millen? Did you blame it on other circumstances? This is this is my, my challenge for Trey Young. You're the franchise player. Behave like a franchise player. Be a leader. Your leadership has been in question. It has. Are you leading this team? Or are you the leading scorer on this team? Or are you the leading, leading assist getter on this team? Are you a teammate or are you a co-worker? There's a difference. Those are the things that Trey Young has to work on this offseason, in my opinion. And you guys can take it for what you want. You guys are more than entitled to your own opinion. And I love hearing you guys' opinion. I do. But I think that's what needs to happen there. If you're DeJounte Murray, he's already back in the lab working because he knows that next year is a crucial year as far as the success of his team and for him to get paid. He is going to get paid. He's shown it. Now the Hawks have to make it work. They have to make it work. Sadiq Bate has shown his impact. Onyeka Okongu has shown his impact. Clint Capella has shown his impact. John Collins is the guy who needs to go. He's the odd one out, in my opinion. He is the top priority as far as a move this offseason, in my opinion. He is the top priority. You have to move John Collins, especially for you guys clamoring for Onyeka Kongu to get more minutes. I don't think Onyeka Kongu is big enough to play the five, but he's a really good uh, four. I think he's a really good four. But who plays the four now? John Collins. He has to go for you guys to get what you want. And then that opens the door for Jalen Johnson. And then it opens the door for A.J. Griffin. And, and then it opens the door for you to, you know, extend Sadiq Bay and have his impact off of the bench. And then you have an opportunity to decide, do you want to have a more attacking offensive-minded lineup with Sadiq Bay or a more defensive-minded lineup with Okongwu, Capella, and DeAndre Hunter in your lineup? And obviously you got DeJounte Murray. That's a pretty solid lineup. That's going to open up more shots for 
DeAndre Hunter, in my opinion. If Okonkwo can continue to um, extend his range, who knows? You still got Bogey, who I think played himself back on the team. I think you still field offers for for him, but certainly I think he played himself on the team the last half of the season, um, in my opinion. So there's a lot of questions this offseason. Like I said, them pushing the game six against the Celtics, to me, does not say that the Hawks have turned the corner. I don't think the Hawks have turned the corner at all. I think there's still some things that need to be figured out, and this is what this offseason's for, and this is what this podcast was for today, to kind of talk and put everything on the table because there's some things that people have been trying to keep off the table, keep in the refrigerator, keep that cool. You know, We, we don't want to heat that up. That's not my job. Everything needs to be on the table this offseason. Because right now the Hawks are at a crossroads ahead of next offseason. What they do this offseason is going to determine their success next basketball season. And if they have success in however the roster is constructed, we'll lend to if they're going to keep Murray, if Trey Young will stay. What happens with Capella? What does the lineup look like? Is Sadiq Bey on a team? Will Jalen Johnson continue to ascend? Will A.J. Griffin continue to ascend and get more minutes next year under Quinn Snyder? Everything hinges on this offseason. I know I've said this in past offseasons, how crucial this is. This one is vital. Vital. Two 500 years. Two years in a row where you're out in the first round. You You were out in five last year, six this year. You got the coach you wanted, supposedly you wanted. I mean, I know Kyle Corver pushed for it, Landry Fields, eh. but that's another story for another podcast. It's time for some soul searching and some evaluation on all parties. Everyone has to be held accountable. That's why you got Quinn Snyder. And that's what the media is supposed to do, hold people accountable. So I'm going to hold everybody accountable. I am. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a great review. I apologize for the delay on this podcast, but I am not traveling for the next few weeks. Obviously, the NBA season for the Atlanta Hawks is over, but the offseason is just right around the corner. And I'm going to get some people on the pod to talk about some offseason things related to the Atlanta Hawks and whatnot and review the season. We will see what this summer holds for a lot of people supporting the Atlanta Hawks and part of the Atlanta Hawks organization and this team. But you know what it is. We'll be here. So, if you have not, follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett 67 That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Value and effort again from the Atlanta Hawks. Let's go Hawks this offseason. Let's get to work. Everybody, let's get to work this offseason.